This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Chris Swain. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about when the supernatural becomes natural. Your voice even changed. We've made a little shift. We've made a little shift when we uh, when we 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 have to move into our podcast voice here. This is the midnight. This That's is the, like the X Files introduction. The late night voice. The Twilight Zone. Trust me, nobody wants to hear the 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 high pitched whine of the normal voice. Yeah, that's true. When they're listening to a podcast, we're um, gonna take a change. We're, we're changing for a season, though. We are going to change for a season. So we we've debated over this over the last few weeks. Um, some of you know, if you're listening, that Long Hall, the church where Pastor uh, Robbie serves at as the lead pastor, I serve there as spiritual formation pastor. We uh, we've been experiencing what we've been. Uh, we believe it's a revival. You know, there's a lot of different ways to look at revival. We'll probably talk about some of that in the next few episodes. But one of the things we've struggled with is do we continue on with our study of the New Testament and specifically the Gospels, which we will eventually, or do we do we pause and really just talk through what God is currently doing? And one of the reasons that we uh, we really felt like we needed to pause and do that is God just keeps doing it, and uh, we can we can no longer ignore. The questions that we're getting, um, you just got an email from somebody. Yeah, this morning, people asking, um, hey, or just saying, we're watching from a distance, we're on the edge of our seat, causing me to re- rethink uh, what success is in the church and ministry uh, looks like. And uh, they just keep asking, what are some resources? What are some podcasts that are dealing with a genuine theology of revival and an outpouring of the presence of God? And so we thought, let us share the journey we're on while it's still fresh because we're right. right in the middle of it right now. Yes. And, and it's interesting that as I talk to some of my friends, um, they're just kind of watching from afar because the beauty is we do uh, with, with COVID and everything. And even before really we had, we had launched our online uh, broadcast of the service via all the social media channels and, and our own app and those types of things. But one of the challenges that we've had is um, in COVID, a lot of people could, couldn't be in the building. And we still have a lot of people who aren't able to come to the building. And that's that's totally fine by us. We have a, an opportunity for them online, but they've been able to engage in this from afar. And so even pastor friends of mine who pastor other churches, serve on other church staff, they've been watching you know, going home and watching later, because I'll just tell you this, when when you serve in ministry, or if you're just a Christian of any kind, whether you serve on a staff or not, watching hundreds of people step into the water of baptism and just seeing God move in a powerful way is, it's so moving, you want to watch it. So I can watch a a four-hour show, if you will, (laughs) just baptism after baptism. So Well, and there's so much negativity today, and there's so many um, things we have to navigate of uncertainty, and there's a lot of bad news today, and and Mm -hmm. conspiracy theories are rampant. And so I think it's the kindness of God to pour out His Spirit upon His people. And, you know, our prayer has been from the beginning— Mm-hmm. Uh, this would not be just localized to Long Hollow. That's been my prayer. That what's happening at Long Hollow would be a spark that fans into flame uh, the fame of revival 
uh, or the flame of revival, which eventually will fan into the fan or fan into flame the fame of revival. It's kind of a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. So the, the flame of revival actually extends the fame of revival. And people begin to tell others about what's happening uh, here and say, man, we believe that can happen at our church. So what we're going to do today is we're going to share some of the insights we're learning, some of the... Mm-hmm. Um, well, how do we get here? I think, I think a lot of people, and myself included, even though I've been involved in it, are interested in how we got here. Because one of the things that you can think about when you think of something like a revival happening, and it's just, you know, 2020 one mindset of, of American Christians is what did you do to make this happen? Which mm. everyone I think will concede Jesus made this happen. You know, God, God is making this happen. It's not something that we're doing as a staff, but people want to know, okay, I get that. But what are some of the steps you took, you know, what, how did, how did you change your service or what? And so the beauty of this is, and this podcast specifically is we're just going to walk through what God did and uh, and really just kind of highlight and 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 as we should lift up what God has already done and what He is doing, and uh, and then again, there's no this is not a toolkit or a step by step for you to launch a revival in your church, but there are some things, believe it or not, as we as we kind of seen what God has done that we can do, which uh, I'm excited for you to share with us and yeah. uh, those listening. Yeah. So. Obviously, we can't uh, we can't manipulate the hand of God. We can't twist the arm of God. However, we can put ourselves in an environment to align our hearts until the hardness of our of our souls to receive revival. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to to be ready for revival. Yeah. Um, so let me just go back and uh, just share with you what started all this and kind of how I got to the place where I realized. There has to be more to the Christian life and ministry than this. Mm-hmm. And the statement I want to make to you today is one of the greatest challenges, I think, in the church, the greatest pandemic that's sweeping churches in America today is not uh, lack of Bible engagement. Although that's a big deal, Chris. We talk about that often on the podcast. People need to read the Bible more and apply it. Yes. It's not fewer baptisms this year than last year, although that's an issue. It's yeah. not less conversions than we had or fewer conversions this year than last year. That's an issue, too. It's yeah. not the difference between missions or evangelism or discipleship. We need all of those. I think the pandemic in the church today is that we lack power. Hmm. We have no power in the church today. What do I mean? Well, power for salvation, yes, people are getting saved, but not at the rate, I think, God wants to or could do if we became a people desperate for him, praying for him, travailing for him. Yeah. So we have uh, we have no power. We don't see people having victory over sin. We don't see addicts set, being set free like, like, like I think we should. We see marriages being ripped apart. We see Christians being led astray. Uh, we see all these things happening. And you have to wonder if you're listening, because this is you. There has to be more to the Christian life than just one hour on Sunday and a casual Bible reading a few times. I mean, there has to be more. Yeah. So that's where I was last year Uh, when COVID happened almost a year ago. uh, I was um, pretty overwhelmed, like like most of us trying to figure out the new normal back then. We used to use that word a lot, but uh, the new normal. And what I've realized is I could. Uh, watch a bunch of Netflix and veg out on the couch with Hulu or get caught up in the news or the politics of the day, or I can spend time in silence and solitude with the Lord. Hmm. 
Now, one of the things I started to realize with silence and solitude. Now, I did this selfishly because I was getting to the place of burnout. Just, just full disclosure here. I was like many pastors today. I was trying to build a church. I was trying to keep people from leaving. I was trying to keep the political bureaucracy uh, at, a, at a minimum. I was trying to keep people uh, happy who were emailing me. I was trying to deal with cranky choir members and demon deacons and everything else that comes in the church. We don't even have a choir. We don't even have those. I, that's fine. I probably need to change that saying. But, but anyway, so I went into the prayer. I went, I went in and I said, Lord, I'm going to sit with you and I'm not moving from here. I'm going to, I told him, I'm going to beg you to pour out your spirit on me in the form of an anointing. I'm going to do it until you move. That's what I told him. This is back in March. So uh, one of the things I started doing is just studying what does it mean to slow down mm -hmm. and to spend time with the Lord in silence and solitude. Now, for those who are hearing this for the first time, you're thinking silence and solitude. What good is that? Right <laughs> now, one of the challenges for you is that your Western American mind, if you're in the States like me, thinks intellectually cerebral, uh, heady. Um, you, you think of in a reciprocal manner, meaning if I do this, God, you do this. So if I read the Bible, I have to get something from it, meaning a word. Right. If I pray, then you move. If I give, then you give back. If I go on a mission trip, you bless. You know, so that's that reciprocal nature. If I do this, God does this. What I had to do is squash that. When I went into silence and solitude, it wasn't that I was trying to get something from God. Here's the big thing. It was that I simply wanted to be with him. Hmm. And when we come back, I'm going to unpack for you what the last 11 months have looked like as I have sat with the Lord for extended times of silence and solitude. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple-makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. And we're back. We're talking about the supernatural becoming natural. And uh, you, you're talking about the beginning phases of what God has done here. And, and even to preempt that, uh, one of the things I think we would all agree on is there are people in your church who are constantly praying. There are people who are family members of the staff who maybe not even living near the church that are praying for your church and praying for your staff members. And, and one of the things you're, you're leading into here that I think is so important is you weren't specifically saying, God, bring revival to Long Hollow beyond what we all do as pastors. We all want revival to Long Hollow. That's a constant ongoing thing. But you weren't specifically at this point in the process aiming for that. No. You were saying, God, I want to get closer to you do something in my life, revive me. And I think that's an important, significant difference. Yeah, that's a great point, Chris. Here's the thing I want you to realize. If you're praying for the gifts of revival, you may not received a true revival personally because you're trying to get the gifts of the giver. 
Mm. You're trying to, you're basically manipulating God to bring miracles or manipulating God to heal or manipulating God to, and I use the word manipulating, coercing God to bring salvation and church growth. So my name can be on a list on a mag, in a magazine one day, you know, that only the top 100 look at anyway. But anyway, so that's what you're saying. I want this from you. And you think of how we at times use God, you know, to, to, to really rubber stamp our laundry list of ideas of how we've spent time trying to tell God how to do his job better. Yeah. And that's what I did for years. So <laughs> what I realized was, I, and I didn't even start praying for revival. I wish I, I wish I could be spiritual and say, I prayed for 11 months for revival, uh, church-wide, city-wide. I didn't pray for that. Like you said, I prayed for God to revive me. So what was happening to me at the time was I just lost a close friend the year before named Jared Wilson. Uh, some of you know Jared Wilson. He was in his 30s, wife Julie. They lived in California uh, on staff with Greg um, Laurie's church and uh, doing a great work out there. Had written a book, Love is Oxygen. He was a friend in Nashville. He was moving back to Nashville. He had actually texted me the day before he, he uh, committed suicide. Um, I got that news. He was like a little brother to me. In fact, he called me his big brother. We would talk. And uh, that really rocked me. That was in August uh, of 2018. Uh, I'm sorry, 2019. Then in May of 2020, as I started preparing myself to sit with the Lord, just two months into this preparation time, and we'll share what I did in, in future episodes, I get the news that Darren Patrick, another friend, uh, Darren had spoken at our church. Darren had led our staff meeting. Darren had come in with Amy to do a staff training. Darren was one I was going to hire to be on staff as a consultant where he'd fly in every month to be with us and uh, was literally texting Darren the Wednesday before he passed and he passed away by suicide. And it was those two instances that converged in my life. And I realized if it can happen to them, because like like these two brothers who I love and know, and they love the Lord, they never set out ministry to end it that way. I can promise you that. Neither do you set out ministry to go out that way, but it happens today in this rock star, celebrityism, American culture of Christianity we live in. Everybody wants to be a rock star. Everybody wants a platform. Everybody needs a Twitter following. Can you write a book today, Chris? You know this, without asking how many followers you have on Twitter and how- That's how the many... number one refusal uh, of publishers. Is, yeah. Uh, platform's not there, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, so- uh, th this is the world we live in today. So I thought, Lord, there has to be more to the, the, the life than this than keeping a building uh, going, uh, managing a budget, facilitating needs of people, keeping people happy, ho hoping people don't leave. And so I went into a 10, 11 month season where I began to sit with the Lord and ask him for a fresh anointing. Now, even mentioning the word anointing, if you come from circles like we do <laughs> is a scary thing, Chris. Am I right? I mean, even mentioning the word Holy Spirit makes it's you cringe. A scary thing. It makes People you cringe. immediately wonder, they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Because here's what happens. <laughs> what kind he, of church is this? Right, exactly. So basically, I could say all day to you, Jesus. I could say Jesus Christ. You would say, praise God. I could say in the name of the Father, Father God, I could say that all day. The moment I say, let's ask the Holy Spirit for help right now. Uh-oh. 
yeah. Uh-oh. Careful, <laughs> careful. Yes. Got to be real careful here. People get really nervous. Now, one of the things I want to tell you, and I have some friends who are charismatic, so I can tell you this. Uh, I know these guys well. They don't have a monopoly on the Holy Ghost. Did you know that? Like, like it's not just reserved for Pentecostal churches or Assembly of God churches or non-denominational churches. Like God at salvation poured out his spirit upon his people the moment we got saved. So it's not that you need more of the spirit of God in your life. The moment you got saved, you and I have every bit of the Holy Spirit we need right? Every bit of it. The problem is, why are we not seeing the Spirit in our lives? Here's why. We have quenched the Spirit. Easy. We ha- Well, I'm just Easy. being biblical. I think that's biblical. We have- I've read that grieved- somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I've read that somewhere. We have, as Paul says, grieved the Holy Spirit. One of the things the Lord recently convicted me about is we make fun of the Holy Spirit. And here's what the Lord showed me. Mm. You keep mocking the Holy Spirit, and he will not manifest his presence. He will not show up where he is mocked. Mm. And I'm not going to go into all the mockings of the Holy Spirit, but at times we'll laugh and joke about other people. And I think, Chris, the Lord showed me that's because of your fear of losing control. Ooh, easy. See, we're real good at control. Uh, we're really good at leading, leading things. We're really good at organizing. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great preacher of the Westminster Chapel, used to say the greatest hindrance of the working of the Holy Spirit in your church is formality. Mm. You think about it. On Sunday, do you give time for the Holy Spirit to show up? That's do pretty you, Do you buffet time and make room for the Holy Spirit to work? I was reading Oswald Chambers today. It's on this day, right after we just came out of a two-hour, telling you yesterday, we had the longest church service I've ever been a part of in person that I've been that I've led. Two plus hours we were in worship. And you're probably wondering what, what lasted so long. We baptized 53 people at Hendersonville another six at Gallatin, and we baptized into the afternoon because God kept just wooing and calling people spontaneously to get right with him and follow through with believers' baptism. So that's what's happening here. And I think Robbie pre-COVID would have not been open and receptive enough to make room for God in my life and in the service. And, and I just want to ask you as we get ready to close, and we, we have a whole lot more to say about this because I'm going to yeah. share next week about a clear word the Lord spoke to me uh, after 10 months of praying. And I'm talking clear as day, Chris. I knew it was the Lord spoke to me as clear as day. It wasn't audible, yeah. but it was just, well, as, a, just it, as important. It's evident uh, as people are witnessing what's happening. Um, I know this can be challenging territory for some theologically. It makes you, it makes me theologically nervous and I'm in the middle of it. And so uh, I think it's something as we continue with this series and we walk through this, uh, this amazing uh, revival that God has at Long Hollow, we're going to um, hear about the, the day we had uh, almost 100 baptisms. We're going to hear about uh, incredible stories of people flying in from uh, different states, coming Over from thousands country. of miles away uh, to just be a part of what God is doing. And uh, it's incredible. I can't wait to share more of it with you. Uh, and, and today, as we leaned in, you know, it starts with you 
seeking God to revive your own heart, confessing your own sins, seeking God yourself before saying, God, blow this church up with revival, right? And so we'll continue this next time. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, I think it's going to be helpful. Share it with a friend right now. You can text them a link to the podcast. And don't forget to rate us wherever you listen. As always, can't wait uh, till next time, and we will see you then. And until then, bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.